Hey everyone, it's Lauren and Mark. Welcome to another edition of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast. We have some great stuff in store. Let's get to it. All right. Hello, Loose Lug Nation. Today we have a very special guest joining us once again, Greg McCarns, the owner of Madison International Speedway and the Arca Midwest Tour with his wife Angie. They also just recently announced that they will be promoting Angel Park Speedway in Sun Prairie. Greg, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing well, just getting everything ready for the upcoming season and uh, uh, going to be a busy one. Good morning, Greg. Well, where are you at? You down in Madison today? Yeah, we're at the MIS corporate offices here in beautiful Oregon, Wisconsin. That's awesome. Well, the season is about to be upon us here. Um, let's start back in the early days of your racing career and all that. It started with your mom and dad. They were heavily involved, of course, with ARCO and other things. Tell us a little bit about your family's involvement. Yeah, my dad. I grew up on a farm in northwest Ohio, and if they got the chores done in time, uh, Grandpa would take my dad and my uncle out to the races as a as a benefit of hard work on the farm. And uh, they quit writing the race results in the local paper, so my dad wrote a letter at the age of 14, and he uh, he got hired to be the uh, the PR person at Bryan uh, Speedway in Bryan, Ohio, and along with a couple other ones, and he. Uh, uh, went to school at Northwestern, started working at Waukegan Speedway, and next thing you know, uh, he and Art Frigo started the Artco Challenge Series, and and uh, that's uh, I came into the picture. My mom was actually pregnant with me in the hospital when they signed the paperwork to, to buy the series outright in 1979. So I, I, I truly grew up in this. My brother grew up in it, and we're uh, uh, you know I feel blessed to have the upbringing we had. And, and uh, look forward to uh, you know, being a part of this through uh, through the end of my time. What's some of your fondest memories uh, as you were a kid? Oh, there's a lot. I mean, obviously, um, uh, growing up at the racetrack, some of your best friends are uh, you know the other kids at the racetrack because we we spend so much time there. And each track, you had different kids and. Uh, you know, we all had our buckets of matchbox cars and, and did that. And then as time progressed, we uh, we took on various jobs, whether it be line scoring or uh, even uh, Tim Noble, who's our uh, tech guy for uh, the Midwest Tour. He and I grew up together. His dad was on the Budweiser safety team. So, uh, you know, those relationships are, are still there. So, uh, Kakana used to have a trampoline and that was that was, and, a, and a swimming pool off of turn four. So. During practice, before we had to sell programs, we play on the trampoline and jump from the trampoline to the pool that we weren't supposed to do, and never broke any bones. Uh, you know, when we went to the Dells, we got to go go karting the next day. Uh, just, uh, just a lot of good, uh, you know, a lot of good memories growing up at the track, and uh, obviously we're uh, we're blessed with. Uh, I always say they're the best people in the world are involved in short track racing, and it holds true to this day. And uh, so growing up around all those people was, was great. So go-karting in Lindell's was always fun. 
the Western Swing, uh, which was in Missouri. Uh, at one time, went all the way out to Colorado National. Uh, was always a, a good time, and we got to spend some time at Lake of the Ozarks and uh, just you know go to different things and go see do. And uh, we we definitely weren't uh, we definitely didn't sit at home on the couch on our phones all summer long. We were out in a out and about going to races, even if. Uh, you know, Thursday nights at Kakana, handing out flyers. And, uh, and Friday nights would be at Grundy, handing out flyers. So even if there wasn't a show necessarily going on, uh, we were able to do that. And then we had the Midwest Enduro Series. So I uh, I would go to Bricotter Publishing, uh, Gary Bricotter, who was the founder of the Mid-American Series. Uh, all the article uh, flyers and mailers were designed there. And so I... I got my start laying out ads and envelopes and everything for the Midwest Enduro Series, and that's where I started to learn how to score, and I even announced a race at Impact Speedway for an Enduro in 1987 um, when I was, I guess I was eight. I only announced a few laps. The announcer had to run to the bathroom. So, <laughs> but, uh, but so it, you know, it's just a great, uh, great way to grow up and, and learn the business. So what was your responsibilities when you were younger? Were you just selling flyers or did you, as older you got, you had more responsibilities? Yeah. I mean, that, I think that's, you know, with any family business, you grow up in it and you start, you know, like our first job at the auction was making sure we also have a racing auction company. And uh, my first job there was making sure that the auctioneer had enough coffee. And, uh, you know, now uh, uh, David Deary, and myself are business partners uh, in the auction that uh, his brother Tom and my dad started. So um, you, you you go through the, the various tasks, and when you when you pass one, uh, you get to do do the next. So we've done uh, when Artco started a contingency program, I was in charge of that. Uh, you know, made sure that we, we had enough decals and all those good things, and learned how to line score, and um, you know, I did everything from flag practice and fill in where you know, run the scales, fill in wherever you need. And, uh, uh, you know, just, I think, uh, a lot of different stuff was, was put on us, but, uh, we loved every minute of it and it prepared, it prepared me for the, you know, what we're doing now with what our, what our family's doing. And my kids are doing the, the same type of stuff that I did growing up. Yeah, back in the Arco days, I mean, there were so many legends of racing. I mean, speak a little bit about the racing and, and some of the legends that you got to witness firsthand there. Well, I mean, uh, Joe Shear, uh, I got, so, while Dick Trickle and, and Tom Ruffner and all those guys ran, I, I was too young to really realize what I was watching. Obviously, uh, Trickle in the late 80s, was still around, but he was moving into NASCAR. So, um, you know, Mark Martin, this Miller American Ford Thunderbird, and Alan Kowicki with his Hardy Thunderbird. And, uh, when Rusty Wallace would come back and run, and, uh, you knew it was special, but you kind of grew up watching those guys. So you, you didn't realize how, uh, you know, how spoiled we were in the Midwest to have such a great group. And I still feel that way that we have a great group. Obviously, the elements have changed on how to get up to NASCAR, but you'd watch Joe Shear come through a field and uh, there's one race at Marshfield where he spun out or got spun out down the back stretch. And I think there's, let's say there are 63 laps to go and he took the lead with 10 to go. 
And then there was another time he did the same thing at Kalamazoo. You thought there was no way he was going to win. And here he comes charging in the last 20 laps and, uh, and wins the race. And getting to watch, uh, you know, guys like that, Butch Miller, um, just uh, they, they truly, uh, you know, they would save their cars or gentlemen racers. Um, just uh, it was fun because a lot of times I was line scoring those. So you'd watch Joe Shear at lacrosse. And Matt Kenseth was that way at lacrosse also. And they'd have their their lefts down below the rumble strips coming out of four. And they'd just shoot out of there like a rocket. You knew they were you knew they were coming. And, uh, you know, Steve Carlson, uh, getting to watch him at Rockford win all the national short track championships and go on the uh, – and he's still a dominant driver. He was here at Madison three years ago, and he uh, – he was here at Madison three years ago, and we uh, – uh, he ended up winning the feature and I had guys in my pit area just beside themselves that uh, they even got to run against them. The guy's a, the guy's a legend in his own right. You watch, watch him uh, work the field, whether it's a 30 lap feature or a hundred lap feature, uh, it's something special to watch. So, um, you know, just getting, and I got to watch, like I say, I got to watch those guys from the tower, and, um, just watch them work their way through. So a lot, a lot of good drivers, uh, obviously, we could go on and on. Uh, you know, all those guys could go anywhere in the nation and, and hold their own and still do. When did you know that you wanted to continue the tr- family tradition and uh, kind of start your own family business and, and continue into racing? Did you always knew that was did you always know that was something that you wanted to do? About sophomore year of high school, I had to make the decision between playing football or going to national short track championships, Oktoberfest, uh, Lake Geneva, uh, all those fall specials that were going on. And I went out for football that year and, uh, we just got looking at it and I figured I was going to go a lot further in racing than I was in football. And anyone that knew me about sophomore year of high school, I was pretty much, uh, uh, short and, and round. So, um, my, my, uh, playing days on the offensive line were, were, uh, gonna, gonna come to an end. And I just made the decision to put all my efforts towards racing and, and really get more involved. Um, I'm glad I did, uh, in the, you know, I went to school at lacrosse so I could, I'd worked at lacrosse as my summer job through high school after my sophomore, junior and senior year and ended up going to school there. And, um, it just, uh, that's, I thought I was going to take over Artco and then NASCAR acquired Artco from my parents. As I was going into my freshman year, I knew that was going to, that what was going on. And so then I really concentrated on the, uh, racetrack operation being the, a track promoter and got, to, you know, got to study under Chuck Deere. He was one of, one of the best and been involved in, you know, in all the facets of Oktoberfest that you know, I got to, got to be a part of that team and, and, uh, was very fortunate. That was probably the better education than the one I paid for at lacrosse. Granted, I only made minimum wage four twenty five, but it was, uh, was time well spent because I, I did get to learn quite a bit and uh, really concentrate on running a track from there. And, uh, even before I went to college, I had a job offer to go run Lebanon I-44. So I hustled through college and graduated in three and a half years. So, I could go around a racetrack because you don't take over a racetrack in the middle of the summer. So 
I graduated in December and moved to Missouri in the beginning of January and ran that track in uh, 2001. And then uh, it, it came became for sale and moved up to uh, Elko as the assistant general manager to Bob Fredrickson and worked there for three years and then and moved to Rockwood from there for 10 years. A few years ago, not too long ago, Madison International was kind of like on the selling block in the uh, technical school down there. It was just about ready to scoop that up, but uh, you saved the um, you saved the the racetrack. Uh, tell us the process of uh, how you purchased the Madison International. Well, we'd been at Rockford for ten years, and that was kind of our agreement that I would uh, uh, I'd give them ten years if they gave me ten years. Uh, nothing but uh, you know. We, we still work together, but it was just the, the fact that we wanted to own our own racetrack. And um, so we started looking around and looking at various jobs. And within five minutes of announcing our Rockford departure, the uh, the phone rang and it was Dave Grunberg saying that Terry Kunis wanted to talk to us. And obviously, capital, uh, Madison, Oregon, it's it's uh, played a, a special part in our, our family's lives. Uh, my parents have done shows here since 78 um my parents ran this track for fred nielsen from 80 to 82 and um Ange and i actually the first event that we ever uh tried to promote on our own with our own money with our necks on the line was here at madison in 03 and as luck would have it we rained out and uh, i've never lost thankfully as much money as i did in that eight-day period because then we rained but ended up running at columbus the next week and uh, it was a it was a very expensive lesson, but so Ange and I have been doing shows here since '03, and really with Big Eight, um, that was uh, we've, you know, we've been doing Big Eight shows here at least once a year since '05. So Madison was always part of part of our lives, and I grew up living in, or not living, but during the summer we stay in a pop up camper behind the beer stand here. So um, Terry Kunis wanted to sell it to us, and we were willing so we thought we had a deal worked out and then madison college came with a cash offer and uh you know with everything we've ever bought has been on sweat equity um so we weren't able to match that and we were in reno um and it just announced that we took over the midwest tour because when madison was no longer available we kind of laid the groundwork on the midwest tour um to acquire that and so we did and we're having lunch, and Steve Sinclair from IRA Sprint Cars says, you know, that track needs the right send-off. You should call Terry and, and uh, see if he'll lease it to you for the month of May. You know, you're right. So I left the, left the restaurant and called Terry, and he, he agreed. And uh, then it went a step further, and we went back to the drawing board and, and came up with a, a plan to allow us to, to keep it as a racetrack, thankfully. So um, pretty Pretty cool, all the twists and turns, but glad, uh, glad it worked out as it did. And, uh, hopefully my kid doesn't go to Madison College because they've, they've cost me enough money uh, over uh, buying this track. So uh, it's funny how things work out. Absolutely. Uh, man, there's so much history between your family and racing. It's it's awesome to hear these stories. You know, uh, you took over the Archimedes West Tour, as you just said there, um, in the mid 20 teens and have had a lot of success. Tell us about your venture into the Arkham Midwest tour. Well, we, 
you know, we had the Art Coast series, and like I said prior, one of my objectives was to take over the, the family business and run the Art Coast Challenge series. And my dad and I had actually talked about restarting a, a super late model tour. But with Rockford, we were essentially 50 events a year. Plus, we had the Big 8 series for weekly late models, which was another eight events. So my plate was pretty full. And Tim Olson uh, approached my dad, saying that he wanted to start a tour. And so dad kind of helped him, uh, uh, was a consultant to help things get going or probably one of many consultants to help get that going. And, uh, you know, we'd, we'd had met Oktoberfest and had run some various shows uh, with the Midwest Tour in, in conjunction with. So I just told Tim, you know, in passing, if, if he was ever ready to sell it, uh, we'd at least like a chance to, to take a look at it. And uh, it came to be, obviously, you know, there's a good team there. The, the race teams have uh, been very supportive. So uh, we averaged over 30 cars last year. And uh, while there's a lot of competition for super late models and in our immediate area, uh, I, I feel that a Midwest tour show for the fans is, uh, is, is the best money around uh, from a ticket standpoint. We try to run, run our show the right way and uh, bring in the, the stars and cars, as we call it, and, and use that same formula that made Art go so successful and apply that to the modern day and i think we you know whether it was the uh the gandrud auto parts or dixieland at pecana last year or the joshier classic that got moved to the dells we had a uh, top-notch late model talent in the field and and in really good racing and i'm a i always say i'm a race fan first so um we're uh you know we put all those, those efforts in and, and try to look at everything from a race fan perspective uh, there's other things out there that sometimes they, they forget that the, the fan is the, the most important element to it. So we try to make sure that we, uh, that we hold, hold true to that and, and make sure that the fans leave happy. You just mentioned a couple things in that answer that I'd like to touch on. The first one is averaging over 30 cars and the support you get. Mark and I travel all over. You've seen us down in Florida, all over the Midwest, all over the country. Um, and everywhere we go, we seem to run into a lot of drivers that say, if Greg McCarns is running a show, we want to be there. Why is that? And tell us how that came to be. Well, can I get their phone numbers? Because I, I tend to beg and plead for some of them to come. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, there's no, there's no magic bullet. Um, our really, you know, our, our race officials, um, the, the whole everything from uh, – Marty and Zadra signing in at the back gate to Dave and Don and everyone at the tire truck. You know, we, we just try to live by the golden rule and, and try to treat people fair. Um, I, you know, they know that the, the checks are going to be good and the, that they're going to be sent within three days of the end of the race. And uh, we, we've shown that we try to pay the purse that we can't afford to pay based on the track. We, we made Joe Shear Classic at Madison. A thousand to start, ten thousand to win. Uh, we're doing that with the Jim Sauter Classic at the Dells, uh, Dixie Lance twelve hundred and ten thousand. Uh, uh, we have travel plans for our guys. We we just try to uh, treat those race teams the way they want to be treated, and, and uh, we hope that it uh, it works out. Uh, obviously, there's some races where 
uh, we get more cars than others, but we're uh, we're always striving to at least at the minimum have a have a full field of 24 cars. But um, I always feel that having a a last chance or a B main is important. Uh, last year at the Dells, we started what was called the last call. So for anyone that wasn't in the A main, we ran a, a Concy, uh, called it the last call, and uh, got some got some uh, sponsorship on it. And then uh, with the fans' help, uh, we were able to uh, raffle off a Joe Shear door that Five Star had, don- had donated. And a fan had actually come up to me at a show that we promoted at Wilmot with this idea. And uh, his idea uh, kind of crowdfunded for that last call. And every driver that came to the Dells left with a minimum of $1,000. Even like Harley Jankowski wrecked in the heat race. And he still got a check for $1,000 for uh, supporting the show. So those are, you know, we try to we try to do what we can. Obviously, there's other groups that might pay more or might do this, but we have the cheapest tires uh, in the touring super late model. You know, in the between the the regional super late model tours, you know, Southwest or um, the uh, uh, you know cars tour and CRA, uh, they they charge a little bit more for tires, and, and we just try to try to keep that down and try to keep the race teams in the game and coming to the racetrack. You know, speaking of the CRA, you know, you're going to go to Winchester here on May 18th and you're also down in Nashville in October. Uh, They have different rules down there in different packages. Is there something going to come together where there could be an incentive to have the same rules and maybe have some of their guys come up this way? Well, when we first bought the tour, I was bound and determined that we were going to make the, make the Midwest into a four barrel, platform but you know the the midwest is a is a two-barrel part of the country and the racing's been good and the car counts have been good so we're trying not to mess with a good thing and there's some talk that there might be a, a national super late mile tour uh whether it's next year or the following years uh nashville last year was kind of a test for that um winchester will be a little bit less of a test but um, that's, uh, our rules are such that our guys can, with minimal changes, go and run. And, and most of our, most of our drivers, if you look at, uh, you know, so- Snowball Derby and, uh, even Nashville two years ago, we had quite a few Midwest guys supported and, uh, change their cars over. So, um, while we'd like to all be on the same rules and everything else, it's easy to sit with a blank sheet of paper and uh, say, all right, here's the perfect rule package. But unfortunately, we're dealing in the real world and we have, uh, you know, we have to deal with what's already out there. What we have out there is a lot of two barrel based motors and uh, we're going to continue to support that. And um, the, the teams that do travel, um, you know, they're, they're capable. They have Southern parts engines and sealed engines and, engines engines and more engines that if they're able to go do winchester as a uh, as a non-points event or go to all-american and i think it's good for our guys to be able to go at, you know i think casey johnson's running a, at anderson uh coming up so it's good that those guys are out and about and i'm glad that they are but it can't come at the cost of the uh you know joe clutch pedal that's running on thursday night at katana or friday night at, at uh at Clover or Sunday at Slinger, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to put those guys out just because there's, you know, 
a handful of teams that have larger aspirations doesn't mean that we need to screw up what we have at home. So before I go back to my second question on your other answer here, you mentioned the National Super Late Model Tour possibly coming together. There's been a few articles written. Uh, Tim Bryant and you have talked a bunch, other promoters throughout the country. Tell us about your experience talking to other people around the country that are doing the same thing that you are. Well, we'll see uh, what they figure out. I, I know where we're at. Um, you know, it makes sense for a, a race like a Milwaukee or a Dixieland uh, to be part of that. Um, whether it comes to be, um, time will tell. Um, those other groups have quite a few uh, co-sanctioned events together. Uh, we don't have any co-sanctioned point events together. We do uh, try to, you know, the All-American 400 in Nashville is a, a non-points event. Winchester is a non-points event. Uh, we're running under their, their rules. Um, we'll see where it goes. Uh, obviously, uh, with everything we have going on, uh, it probably won't be Greg and Angie McCarns running the national tour. So it'll be someone else that needs to, to step up if they want to make it happen. But there is a lot of cross uh, pollination between the series and other regions. So um, I don't think it's that far fetched. Which would be great because you, you know, back in the day, people would travel all the time, um, all that, you know, it'd be great to see if we could get a little bit more of that, but I know there's a lot of challenges and, Going back to the second part of my question, your previous answer there, you mentioned that the Joe Shear Classic had to be moved to the Dells and other things. Unfortunately, last year, Madison International Speedway was shut down for pretty much the whole season. Uh, tell us about the challenges of running a racetrack normally and then what last year uh, did for you guys. Well, thank God it was us. Um, that might sound arrogant, but um, with the other tracks being able to open, you know, we were able to pull off five Midwest tour shows that uh, were successful and, and good. Um, we had a good Oktoberfest. The other tracks in the state flourished. Um, we, uh, the, the frustration level here was uh, at a boiling point just because we couldn't get open. We tried to do the drive-in deal and it's tough to get people to want to sit in their cars and watch races when they can go to neighboring tracks and sit in the grandstands and essentially be quote unquote normal. So, um, we worked through those. We did, uh, we also do street drags. We had three really good street drags at the Milwaukee mile. Um, just, you know, we, we worked through it. We did, uh, we helped a lot of, with a lot of IRA shows, uh, just helping with ticketing and so on. we, we're a, a co-promoter on a show on Father's Day at, at Wilmot, which was cool. I, I never promoted a dirt race. My my father and Tom Deere used to promote uh, Bush All-Star races, which was a NASCAR dirt late model tour. And I kind of always wanted to do a dirt race. Obviously, that's changed going into 2021. But at the time, that was my first ever uh, uh, dive into dirt promotion i go to enough dirt races but to actually be the uh part of the promotional team was a was a new challenge and a lot of fun so um it allowed us to go go and and experience some things Ange and i flew out to 
California and picked up a van and, and uh, went to Kern County uh, Raceway, which our, our friend Larry Collins operates, and got to see an SRL show and then drove Route 66 back. So we made the best of it. Um, luckily, we were able to uh, we were able to work out a, a abbreviated mortgage, if you will. So uh, I always told people we're gonna we're gonna get through this at, as Madison. We'll, we'll we'll come out on the other side. And, uh, you know, yesterday, Wednesday here in Dane County, they, they said, uh, that, you know, out, outdoors don't need masks and they, they lifted the restriction on gathering limits. So we're, uh, we're coming out of it. So, uh, as frustrating as it was, uh, we just tried to keep a positive attitude and, and make the best of the, of the cards that we were dealt. It was, uh. I cleaned a lot less bathrooms last year than I did in 19. So that was, that was nice, but uh, we'd much rather have the racetrack open. So it was, it was odd sitting in limbo. And, uh, but like I said, we just tried to keep a positive attitude about it. And and I'm so glad that, you know, Connor and Slinger and Wilmot and Jefferson and lacrosse and, you know, every other track other than Angel Park and Madison and Red Cedar, and I think there was one in Door County that couldn't open. But the rest of the state was open, and, and that's good for short track racing. And uh, the fans came out and supported it. The drivers supported those shows. So, um, and like I say, I'm, I'm glad it was us because uh, the other people were, were able to survive, and them surviving helped us survive a little bit better, too. So uh, onward and upward, and uh, we're, we're looking full speed ahead. Yeah, I like going to dirt race, and the only way Lauren goes is if he's got goggles on. He don't like he don't like the dust. But <laughs> hey, speaking of Angel Park and Sun Prairie, you know, all of a sudden now you become a promoter as much as you have on your plate. Um, what are the challenges that you're seeing on that side to get that place up and running? Well, we were just there uh, last night working on it. Um, we we got a great support group. We have a lot of relationships in the dirt world uh, through our being at the promoters workshops, RPM workshops. We know a lot of people um, and, and they're helping us uh, get things going. Austin Wells has worked for us for, uh, he, he grew up at MIS and he's been a the right-hand man uh, here at MIS for us since we bought it. Uh, he's graduating from, from lacrosse of all places in the next fall, but he's uh he's going to be the point man there to, to make sure that all the daily things and get done. And, um, so it, it's kind of his project, but we're, we're doing scheduling and so on. It's, uh, it's something that we've been working on since December of 19. And I thought we were going to do a drive-in show. Had the drive-in show at Madison work last year. I think we were going to do, I know we were, we were in discussions about doing a drive-in show at Angel Park also just to, make sure that we had a race there and then uh, things didn't work right here. So we decided not to take the risk there. So um, I'm glad it all came to be. Uh, there was some other uh, parties involved and for whatever reason, those didn't work out. We were actually at an equipment auction and we were laughing about how much we would have been bidding on had we had Angel Park. And then later that day, uh, the phone dinged and said, if you're still interested, we want to talk. So uh, phone and, that was right after speed weeks and uh it's you know just it worked out as a as uh we were hoping it would it just took a little longer but 
definitely looking forward to it. Uh, nothing but positives there. That Ange and I would go there on date nights, and sometimes we'd bring the kids, and sometimes we wouldn't. But uh, there's a lot of a lot of good things uh, going to be happening at Angel Park here in the in the next uh, next run. And excited to be part of the part of the tradition there. Tell us about uh, this year going forward. The schedules for Angel Park, Madison, and the Arc Midwest Tour. On the Arc Midwest Tour, there is an open date there still to be determined. When do you think that'll be announced? And also talk about the other uh, scheduling things that are going on. Well, I was hoping that that other date would be announced before Christmas. Um, uh, we're they're very close uh, that group, so um, I'm just trying to. Uh, hopefully, uh, one way or another, it's gonna, there's, that date will be filled by by the time we get to the Joshua Classic. So there, there are there's a Plan B, a Plan C, and a Plan D. Uh, but I'm hoping Plan A works because it would be uh, it'd be fun. So uh, just a couple things to to work through there. But uh, ten point races for Midwest Tour, starting with Joshua Classic, and then we go to Winchester as you mentioned, and then. We're big on traditional dates, so Memorial Day Saturday is our uh, traditional show at Jefferson. We're back at the Milwaukee Mile on Father's Day. We're at Grundy July 10th for the Wayne uh, Carter Classic. And then uh, then we go to Wausau July 24th for the Larry Deachins Memorial. And then we have the Gandrud Auto Parts, or Auto Group uh, 250 uh, Dixieland at Pecana. On August 3rd, first Tuesday of August, always a big show there. And then, as you mentioned, the 21st is in limbo, but close. Howie Leto Memorial here at Madison on the 27th. Again, all traditional dates. September 4th, we're at the Dells for the, what's now the Jim Sauter Classic, the Joe Shear Classic, moving it from Madison, really showed us the potential of that Labor Day date at the Dells and to make that a, a bigger show. And uh, the Sauter family is excited for that. And uh, it, it's going to pay a minimum of 10 dollars to win that show. Uh, so it, it's good for our teams. And, and then we finish off the, the season at Oktoberfest of lacrosse with our championship 200 lappers. So uh, a full full slate for the Midwest Tour. And uh, end of October is the All-American 400, which is awesome to be a part of. And the rumored, uh, you know, the potential uh, – rebuilding of, of uh, national fairgrounds. It's such a neat facility and uh, nice to be nice to be included in that. So a lot of good things for the tour and uh, a lot of good to, a lot of good to come in uh, 2021 on that. And then Madison, you know, our street drags are, are big here, but uh, from a stock car standpoint, Joshua Classic, then we start our Friday nights on uh, May 14th. We have the USAC Silver Crown cars for their only Wisconsin appearance. Uh, that's a hundred lapper, and that's uh, during our fireworks show, which is June twenty fifth. And they uh, those Silver Crown cars here. Like I said, I'm a race fan first, and that was a show I've been working on for quite some time. And I was actually at the Snowball Derby when I closed the deal to get them here. And uh, Dick Johnson, who used to be the scorer for Art Go and worked for Larry Weirs at the Dells and Lacrosse. Uh, he couldn't believe that we got a silver crown race, and he's come every year too. It's just a, it's just a neat event here. Watching those cars slide around here and the speeds they, they reach and the fuel burn off and the tire wear, it's just a, it's a fun race to watch unfold. And uh, 
at Madison. So uh, the season's starting up here in about a month for the Joe Shear Classic. Always a big event, as as you mentioned there. Uh, you just announced that uh, Dane County uh, has limited restrictions on fans coming out. Uh, how excited are you to see that place packed again? Um, I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, the announcement came out on Good Friday. It's just it. Uh, uh, I I. I felt like I was a hundred pounds, which I am not. Um, I, I just, the, the weight was lifted off to, to know that we could make decisions and operate our family business was huge. So, um, we're, we're praying for, um, 65 to 75, uh, degree weather and sunshine, but as long as it's dry, we'll take it. And, uh, it'll, it'll be great to have everyone back. You know, like Rich Bickle said, he goes, I was worried that I wasn't going to get to run at my home track on, on my final year. And it's true. I mean, it's just uh, a lot of drivers miss running here. We tried to give everyone an opportunity to run here last year. Mother Nature didn't quite cooperate with us, but hopefully uh, uh, 2021 will be uh, a banner year for, for MIS. So it, it's big. And, and plus, Angel Park is in Dane County also, so we were fighting the the same thing no one ever says race promoters are smart so uh we took we only had one business we couldn't open in dane county we took on a second but uh the good lord smiled upon us and uh we're looking forward to some uh, some great events this year yeah i know for sure that i'll be uh helping you out down there supporting your racetracks hey there's something new also been announced with speed sport tv um some uh live coverage on there can you go uh, touch on that a little bit yeah, in the past, we've done some pay-per-view on some of our shows um, with uh, with Speed 51, and they've been a great partner. Um, just moving forward, uh, it, it made uh, some more sense with the Speed Sport. It, when we're out in, uh, out at Kern County for the SRL race, kind of studied what they were doing out there and what the Cars Tour had been doing, and it just seemed like there was a better way for our fans that weren't able to make it to the races or all the races, uh, that that offers an opportunity to, to do a, a stream package or you can do pay-per-view per event. So um, if, you know, for instance, if uh, someone isn't able to make the race at Wausau July 24th, they'll be able to watch it, but not necessarily have to do the whole stream, or they can do the whole stream and have the races on demand and so on. It just uh, it opened up uh, a lot more. Uh, opportunities, uh, which hopefully will be announced in the coming weeks. It, I just felt that it fit the needs of our race fans better and fit our business model better. From a, um, pre-event promotion, you had the Speed Sport brand behind you, helping make your drivers stars. Um, the, the national footprint that they have is uh, is unparalleled. So uh, it we were looking at other groups and of all things, uh, the speed sport folks were on our flight back from Daytona and, uh, we closed the, we pretty much closed the deal eating dinner on a layover at Charlotte airport. And I, when I woke up that morning, I never felt like we were going to go with them. And like I said, we'd studied it kind of felt that way, but we're leaning another way and I'm a pretty loyal guy. 
and uh, was was really thought that we would be with 51. But the more we looked at speed sport, just made the most sense for for all parties involved, from our teams, from uh, the fans, and the series as a whole. Um, it just fit better. So uh, Milwaukee will still be on 51, um, and then Winchester, our two non-points races, will be on 51 also. So um, you know, there's a lot going on in the streaming world. And uh, uh, we're excited to, to bring it. Obviously, nothing beats being at the racetrack, but um, you know, the pandemic kind of taught us that there is a there is a market for this. So um, we wanted to wanted to put our best foot forward, and I believe Speed Sport allows us to do that. Mark and I hope to make most, if not all, your shows there. Obviously, there's always some other family stuff or personal stuff going on. Who um, does anything like that during the race season? Yeah. <laughs> Shame on them. Um, so this stream package, is there any other details that you can go into, like cost or anything like that, how it's going to be accessible? Will it be on like Roku, other things like that for an app? Uh, any other details that you know at this time? Yeah, the, the app, it'll be midwesttour.tv, and they're getting all that built right now. Um, the, the pricing will be... Uh, I'm not sure what the stream will end up being. Uh, they're working through that. I have people a lot smarter than I am working on that. But you know, our typical pay per view is the same as a ticket, so twenty to twenty five dollars. Um, and then um, you know, the, the the package as a whole will be uh, extension of that. But what it is exactly, uh, I don't know. But obviously, it'll be announced here in the coming weeks. Oktoberfest is going to be part of that package also. So. Um, uh, all four days uh, with the weekly divisions and, and everything else going on. So um, it'll be, uh, it'll, it'll be a good deal. Obviously we hope everyone can make it to the races, but we understand that things come up, but yeah, so it'll be an app and in theory you can be watching, uh, watching the race on your phone if you aren't able to make it or on your TV. So uh, it's very user friendly. So you and your family have a lot of irons in the fire here with the race, and you, you and Angie are promoters. You have kids; they're involved in it as well. How do you? How are you able to keep it as a family thing and still do other things? Because that's a lot to do. And then, in addition to that, what are some racetracks that you're looking forward to going to that are not a part of like the Arc Midwest Tour you're doing, like down at the Snowball Derby, other tracks? The we have a we call it the mixed schedule, and so we know uh, the various things we have going on. Uh, uh, Angie's family is really good about working with us for scheduling family functions, whether it's graduation parties or family reunions. Uh, sometimes we just aren't able to make things, and and they understand that. But um, that's the way I was raised, so it's uh, it's second nature to me. But they've been very uh, accommodating, so we we put that schedule out and. We know that we have a, you know, these two for these two days free, or oh, this weekend's free, but we're at Milwaukee that Tuesday for street drag. So, you know, we try to go fishing and those sorts of things. So it's a, uh, it's a work in progress, but we always do. We we try to tie fun things in, you know, whether same as my youth, it might be a trip to the go kart track, or it might be going to Lucas Oil Speedway, but bring the fishing poles down to Wheatland, Missouri, and throw in in the pond out in the campground and hope to catch some bass and then go watch your races and try to tie, uh, you know, try to tie some family activities into it. And 
you know, obviously working at the track, we are blessed. We get some beautiful sunsets and some days some beautiful sunrises. And, um, you know, we just, just try to make the make the most out of it. We do get to spend a lot of time together, and and that's good. Uh, you know, we, we know where our kids are. Uh, we know where we're uh, where we're going to be this weekend, and we don't have to sit and plan. Uh, our summers are, are pretty well planned for us, but it's uh, it is always good to, to get to different tracks. Uh, we were actually up fishing and camping with my in-laws, and Al and I decided that we were going to hop in the truck and we ran over to Rice Lake Speedway. We'd never been there and uh, knocked that one off. Uh, I went to Sebring. Eddie Dunn, that used to run at Lake Geneva, is a family friend, and he was running the car at Sebring. And so Tom White, Austin Wells, and I jumped in the car after going to the uh, Daytona Beach North Turn, their uh, parade with the vintage cars. We hopped in the car, went to Sebring, and, and got to find that. And then we hustled and got the pollution just in time to, to watch it rain out, but we still got an ice cream Sunday. So it's, uh, we, we always, anytime I can try to get a new track in, I'm kind of a dork. Uh, I, there's uh, track chasers. Randy Lewis is the, the key one. He showed up at our, we did a Roval last year here at Madison and he flew out from California to go to the Roval and uh, he showed up and I knew who he was. I, I was, I was all geeked up because the guy's been to, 20 whatever 2300 or 2800 tracks or 3200 tracks i forget it's a lot of racetracks i'll never get to that but i subscribe he's got a, a e-newsletter and uh that you can subscribe to and it's good because i'll read through it and i'll get ideas and he does some of the legwork for me but i always try to go to new events i would love to go to the little 500 at anderson but i um with the jefferson race i know that isn't in play, but someday I hope to get there. I finally got to the snowball derby. Um, you know, it just, there's uh, various events that uh, we're going to try to get to. And, uh, you know, whether it's the chili bowl, which we also went to uh, a couple of three years ago, that falls on each birthday. But, uh, but we, uh, you know, we just try to get to new venues and learn what we can learn and, and uh, try to make our product better by, by uh, never stop learning and never, uh, never stop improving. Hey, one last question for me here, uh, buddy. Thank you for your time, man. This has been really some awesome answers from you. Hey, down at the Snowball Derby, they decided to implement controlled pit stops, and a rumor had it that Greg McCarns had the idea of that. Did you inf influence them down there to do controlled pit stops to save money on the teams? Yes, but don't tell NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you know the, we need to keep the teams in play and i went down there and really we'd started it in the midwest tour and i, I know the excitement of the life that stops and everything else but when you're there and you know you know i i know the financial burdens of our race teams and you go there and you watch them spending three five seven thousand dollars on these you know high profile teams so they can get out of the pits quicker it just why 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 are we spending this money you know when the, we can look back and oh well it used to be yeah they used to use a four-way to do pit stops and everything progresses and it just got to the point where it didn't make sense anymore and we were actually sitting uh with kenny schrader and ron drager from arca was explaining the, the pit stop method and 
He goes, I could kiss you for the amount of money I just saved. And now, granted, it's not every show that they do it, but, you know, it is a big savings. I know that some people's uh, feathers got ruffled, but it resets the field. There's a tire strategy involved in it. Um, you know, part of the trick is saving, uh, limiting the amount of tires a team can have. Um, you know, we saw that in 19, Danny Fredrickson put one tire on and then right towards the end with about 20 to go, put another tire on. And unfortunately, a, a caution flag fell at the wrong time for him, but he probably would have won the race on tire strategy. So it's, uh, uh, obviously I'm biased. I'm a fan of it. Um, hopefully, um, hopefully it continues. I, I take great pride and I don't need a pat on the back or anything because I feel it's a service and a positive for short track race and to allow the people that work on the race cars to be the ones that actually fit the race car and not forcing our team's hands to have to spend a bunch of money in order to in order to do that. Like for instance, how many wins would Ty Majeski have in the snowball derby had the controlled pit stops been a uh in in play over the last you know the five years leading up to when they finally went in and we tried to implement it the year that it, the race got delayed till tuesday and i probably should have just driven down there and helped we tried to do it over the phone and it didn't quite pan out the way we wanted it to but it, it all got fixed and it's for the betterment of short track racing i think the fans are seeing a better product because you got drivers coming and going based on tire strategies. Um, it's, uh, uh, you know, we saw it play out perfectly at Milwaukee in 19. We've seen it play really well here at Joshua Classic. We've seen it play well at Snowball Derby. Um, they did it at Bristol. Obviously there, there wasn't the tire strategy in play that they, that they uh, perhaps should have had, but I don't think they had a choice there. So it's, uh, it's neat to see it feels good hopefully uh you know the, the next thing that looks like it's coming down the, the the pipe is the uh bracketed match races which is something we started at rockford uh, i think in oh nine ten somewhere in there and we've done them at lacrosse and, and now it's part of our show at jefferson and uh if, if you have a chance go on youtube and type in jefferson match races and get ready to be amazed i mean they're just you know, it's two drivers out there giving it their all, and it's a short run, and it's just really exciting to watch. So I think uh, I saw something that the All Star Race might do, something like that. So um, it's all good. You know, it's it's good when the short track world can help set the set the bar for for what the big leagues uh, should do and bring that entertainment value back. So again, don't need a pat on the back. We're just. Uh, uh, we, we want this sport to be as strong as it possibly can. And uh, I feel saving the team's money is a, is a plus. And uh, it turns out that it works out well for the fans too. If I could just get the computer engineers to rewrite the software for the scoring uh, transponder loops, uh, <laughs> then we could even get the relines done even quicker. So that's the, my mind works. Uh, I'm an old line scorer, like I say. So my mind works sometimes faster than the transponder computer. So um, we're still working on that. But hopefully, as more people adopt it, we'll we'll get that software re- rewritten and be able to get their relines done a few laps quicker. Well, last thing for me here, not really a question, but just touching back on something that you said. It goes back to the cost savings in this sport and. Th- they still are very, very high, but every dollar that you can save and the 
um, controlled pit stops certainly do that is huge. And you hear a lot of the drivers, heck, even Chase Elliott, the Cup Series champion, commented and said the same thing you did, you know, the cost savings and then how many would Ty Majeski have in the Snowball Derby if that was true. So, um, you know, it's always a joy talking to you, seeing you. It's great to know a little bit more about your history and how it came about. Um Man, it, we can't we can't thank you enough for your time. It was it was great chatting with you, and we can't wait to have you on again and and see you in person real soon. Well, thanks for all your efforts to bring the. Uh, you brought a lot of stars of short track racing on the program and and uh, help them get their word out. So appreciate your efforts on that. And just one thing on the cost savings, uh, it's really tough to save money in, in racing, and we're not blind to that. Um, but uh, uh, we're we're glad that. Uh, uh, the, the teams are able to be on the track because the more more teams we have, the better it is for the fans. So, and I believe it makes better race car drivers, and that's why the Midwest has uh, amongst the best. Is they, they got to learn how to how to race up here, and, and they can uh, go be uh, showcased elsewhere. So, glad that we continue to turn out the the top talent that we do. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Greg. Uh, you know, I told you a couple of years ago. And I'm going to reiterate that this right here, that when it's on race day and we uh, just witness you and uh, Angie and how many miles you guys put on every day, that does not go unnoticed. It's just unbelievable of what you two and your family does to make a successful event. And uh, I really do appreciate it, man. We do see it and we do appreciate you, man. You're pretty, pretty cool, man. Well, thank you much. So luckily, uh, Bush, bush lights help uh, keep us fueled afterwards, so it's, uh, it's all good. What does uh, Kenny Kenny Strader say that we we race so we have something to talk about when we're drinking beer later? So uh, it's always uh, I, I appreciate you guys noticing. Uh, we just uh, we, you know, we absolutely love the the people and the sport. So um, look forward to many many great years ahead. Yeah, it's um. It's great to see your family involved, and it's a family thing. Uh, I know we talked about it a little before, but it's so great to see. And one thing um, that Mark touched on is it doesn't go unnoticed. There was a time, I think it was two years ago maybe, um, where there was something wrong with Turn 1 in lacrosse at Oktoberfest, and there you were filling it or doing something with it, and that just shows how much racing is important to your work ethic and how much you really care about um everything that goes on in race day. So like Mark said, we appreciate it, man. Can't wait to talk to you soon. You bet. We'll see you guys at the races. Yep. See you down at the, uh, we'll see you at the Joe Shear classic. We'll be the first ones there and the last ones leave just like normal, buddy. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Take care guys. Yep. Thanks man. See ya. Well, how about that interview, Mark? Uh, man, so much history with the McCarns family and it was great to hear from Greg. Yeah, he's a good hard worker, man, and uh, he really tries to put on a good show. I'll tell you what, you know, uh, like I said on there, they are they they just work so hard to make the events work, and you know, and I, I'm sure we could have talked to him a lot longer, uh, um, you know, with the history and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, Greg's a good old boy, and uh, yeah, I really appreciate being around him. Yeah, and it was great to hear, you know, we knew this, and a lot of people probably know that, but how much of a family thing it is for him. Uh, it's incredible, you know, Angie and the kids put in a lot of work with him. And actually, I was thinking about this during the interview. It would be great to interview 
uh, Angie too, to see what kind of sacrifices she's made and all that stuff. Uh, if she was into racing before she met Greg, how that all worked out, but, uh, incredible family and, Hey, we'll see him in a few weeks. We will. We will be down in Madison here for the, uh, the sheer classic. And, uh, Hey, you know, you also had to feel with the pandemic and what was going on down in Dane County. Um, definitely felt, uh, really bad for him. And, and, and uh, it was, you know, what the pandemic did down there and what was going on with his business. It was good to see the, the rest of the tour, uh, made it a successful year last year. So, um, yeah, I really felt for him really bad last year down there. Absolutely. I did as well. And we touched on that a little bit ago and, uh, you could tell even in his answer that it hit him hard, but he was also very fortunate that the other uh, racetracks were able to go and, and fortunate that they were able to work stuff out for them. So, uh, glad everything worked out. Hopefully nobody has to go through another pandemic. We're still in it, but hopefully this doesn't happen again. And uh, because we've seen so many businesses suffer, close, uh, people, you know, lose their lives, all that stuff. So hopefully we don't have to go through another one of that. But uh, happy that uh, worked out for him and his family. And, uh, man, we are getting so close to racing. That's for sure, man. Hey, Angel Park, he took that over. I went down there, um, not last year, but the year before. It was my first and only time I've ever been there. Um, Definitely got a couple – uh, nights that I'm going to be scheduled to go there to uh, um, see some racing there and run into Greg and Angie there and see how they run the show there. But uh, that is a really cool facility too. So if anybody's got a chance to stop off at Sun Prairie, um, they they have a great facility there, man. Do some dirt racing over there. Yeah, you know, you joked about me, you know, only going to dirt tracks if I wear goggles and all that. That's a funny story back from Sean years back. Uh, I did go to Chilton with you last year. I am hoping to make it to more dirt tracks. I think the older I get, the more I appreciate it. And uh, with Greg running the show down in Angel Park there in Sun Prairie, it has my interest peaked even further. So I'm hoping to make it down there. You and I have talked about maybe going down there once or twice this year. I might be able to make it with you. So, uh, yeah, I've heard great things uh, about the track there. I'm hoping to hit a few more dirt tracks uh, over the next few years. So we'll see what happens. But, uh you know, get, get out and, and support your local racetracks. I think if you listen to this interview, you hear how important uh, it is for the track owners, especially even after last year, uh, especially. So get out and support your local racetracks and have a great time. You know, there's nothing like going to the racetrack with the, the sensory things that go on there. You smell it, you hear it. Um, man, it's, it's the best thing. You know, the, the hardest thing is getting someone to the racetrack. Once they get to the racetrack, they always want to go back because the experience is incredible. So I would encourage everyone that has listened to this to get out and, and support your uh, local racetrack. You know, and there's such great people in the stands. You know, I, every year I meet new people every year. And then, you know, my racing family just grows every year more and more and more. And talk about family fun that is just uh, so affordable, too. And that's the best part about it, too. You know, you're you're outside and you, you got to smell it. You got to hear it. And it's amazing of the people that you actually run into. It is such a people-driven sport. Hey, man, that's why we love it so much. That's just the way racing is. Absolutely, no doubt about it. 
Well, thanks again to you, Mark. Uh, look forward to uh, doing another NASCAR one or two. And then we got uh, my announcing partner at WIR, the um, one of the co-founders of Tundra Super Late Models. We're going to talk to him at the end of the month here. So we got some excited things going. It's hard to believe, even though we haven't been able to do much over the last year, that racing is already upon us again. It feels like it went fast, but that's a good thing. We're looking forward to get back to it. We got a lot of exciting things coming up here and it's our, you know, this is what we look forward to. So uh, thank you again, buddy. And uh, Hey, we'll see you soon. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I'm looking forward to that Matt Pannier uh, um, interview too, man. That's uh, yeah. In my book, he's the greatest uh, announcer out there. Um, always can pick up his voice and he's, uh, he's the best one running out there. So I'm looking forward to talking to Matt and seeing where he's at these days. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with you there. There's a lot of good ones out there as well. Matt is certainly one at the top of the list and, uh, someone who I'm very grateful to have gotten to talk to work with known, pick up things from it's, it's helped me tremendously. And we'll, we'll touch more, uh, based on that with him and talk to him about a lot of different things. So, uh, yep, I'm looking forward to that one as well. All right, man, that's good. Uh, Martinsville this weekend and the following weekend, uh, the, my tour starts up with some dirt racing the following weekend. I'm going Friday through Sunday. So, hey, man, <laughs> racing's on, man. I'm so looking forward to it. It's going to be a good year. Absolutely. Yep, we got the Dell. I'll be at the Dells next weekend too. So with you, we'll be doing some exciting stuff for that. So, it's it's here it's here like i said it's hard to believe but it's here and and we're excited for it so hey buddy thanks again and uh talk to you soon man uh looking forward to it yep you too man thanks a lot man see you later see ya this has been a production of double l sports network hope you all enjoyed it and thank you for listening